don't don't think about it. You know, d- just don't. Now dig on this. And welcome to Classic Movie Banter. You know that podcast where me, that guy Brenton, and that other guy Nathan, we talk about movies that are older than 20 years. 20 years, or in this case, Nathan... 48 years! Here, indeed. And we tell you <laughs> if those films are still worth watching today or not. And more importantly, if they're worth getting all your other samurai around on a Friday night to watch... Uh, to wa- no, Sorry, a Friday night, a Thursday night. What am I talking about? Fridays are for feature Fridays. <laughs> You're with losing the, the plot, Brenton. <laughs> yeah. I am course. losing the plot. I don't know what it's about. You get your mates around on a Thursday night and you give it a good old watcheroo, not a kangaroo or watcheroo. Nathan, we got through it again. I fucked up once, and uh, <laughs> it's we're only a minute in, so... Wow. <laughs> there goes half the listeners. It's like they're dropping off like flies. Could you imagine every week when I fuck up the intro, we lose half of our listeners? Who's left listening? Like, half of one person? Like, they've just got one, like, earphone <laughs> yeah, in. And then, like, one earphone just, in like, listening to us. Like Yeah, and they just tossed... They literally just tossed it away. Oh, uh, well, thank you if you're sticking around, and thank you for wanting to hear our opinions on old movies. And this week's old movie, Brenton, it comes from a listener called Robbo. He wrote in to us, because you can do that too, listeners. You too can grab a pen, throw it out the window because you don't need it. You're going to get in your laptop and send us an email. And you can suggest the shows that we review every week. And this one came from Robbo. He said, I listened to your Drunk Master review. Thank you, Robbo. And you both said you were going to do Enter the Dragon soon. Where is it? <laughs> There's a couple of question marks after it. Thank you, Robbo. Robbo, I, I thank you. And I appreciate the bluntness. Like, yeah. Because it's it's caused us to, to jump into action. You know what I mean? Like, we're here to serve you, Robbo. So today, you know what? We're going to enter a dragon and we? find out exactly what's inside it. Wow. It feels like an episode of like the Magic School Bus. It's like, quick, let's go inside a dragon. I know, it, it reminds me of that Rick and Morty episode. Oh, jeez. Spoilers for Rick, that Rick and Morty episode where they go inside that like homeless dude. Anatomy Park is, the theme yeah. park. And it's like that whole takeoff of Jurassic Park. It's a good time. It's a good time. You should watch it. You should definitely watch that episode. Pretty good. Uh, speaking of pretty good, Brenton. Now, we're in Hong Kong. We're in a Hong Kong studio. And I want you to pitch to me, Brenta, this this new movie you got called Enter the Dragon. Can you pitch me the movie? All right, all right, all oh, right. Sorry, before we get into the pitch, sorry to interrupt you, Brenton. Do we still do the thing where you say like the director details and all that kind of stuff? Is that still a thing? Or oh yeah, that- I, I I totally forgot, dude. Like I was just I was so I was still laughing about <laughs> something else. All right, all right, I'll do it in the pitch. Don't worry, I'll do it in the pitch. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm rounding everyone up in 1972, the year before Enter the Dragon came out, which was 1973. (laughs) In the room is director Robert Klaus... You know Robert Klaus, don't you, Nathan? Of course, like that one exec who has no clue who any of these people are. It's like, uh, I love your work. Yes, I love your work, Robert Klaus. And then I whisper to you awkwardly, who the fuck's Robert Klaus? Well, Robert Klaus is known for directing some of Jackie Chan's movies, such as The Big Brawl, uh, The Ultimate <laughs> Warrior, among others. Oh. What what a champion. Thanks, Robert. Thanks, Robert, for attending today's pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Right here. Um, so we've got this director who knows Kung Fu films. Yeah. Let's let's get into it. So look, Bond is killing it. It's been one of those series that Isn't is just he? for some reason we can't work it out. Like we we hate making these movies and yet he just keep they just keep being successful. Oh, they just can't stop turning away money. But do you know who else has been successful recently, guys? JFK? No, well, <laughs> well no. Uh <laughs> it has been well, not anymore. Bruce 
It, not not anymore. But it's been a uh, Bruce Lee. What a champion! What a what a martial artist! Oh, what good a, on him. A, he's he's a literal champion. He's got medals. He is he's ripped. Everyone, he is ripped, and we need to show that off. <laughs> Like Bruce Lee standing directly next to you, and like you're pointing at his abs, just like in the meeting, just like like look at him, <laughs> get a camera. And what I'm thinking, team, is that we get one of these old drafts of uh, what well, the original draft of Doctor No. We make that into its own film, basically. Oh. No one will notice, and we just have it starring Bruce Lee. Okay, so so we're gonna remake Doctor No, but do it with Bruce Lee. Interesting. Exactly. So the idea is of this film is that Bruce Lee. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> is a martial artist that attends a temple on the regular. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly he's sent on a secret mission and he starts to be a spy. They send him to an island with a few other martial artists for a uh, supposed tournament. Oh, uh, there was run, there was some air quotes run, there, listeners, if you couldn't see them. No, no, you couldn't see me as well because this is an audio medium. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, you, you wish you could see me. <laughs> Listen, there's someone who can, you really don't. <laughs> uh, no, so we're, we're sending all these fighters, all these martial artists, all of different races and creeds to this. Great. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful, diverse ship, which is, you know, you know, in 1973, it's what we need. We're, we're sending them to Mr. Han's Island. <laughs> is that actually his name in the movie? Not, not Yeah, not Han Solo, but Mr. Han. Mr. Han, great. What's his character trait? He always wears gloves. Uh, for some reason, and yeah. Uh, yeah, but we know in the background there's actually a drug kingpin, and Bruce Lee must take him out when he enters that dragon. Right. Okay. Is uh, well, I guess we'll get into the title talk if there's an actual dragon in this movie. But I'm, I'm I should ask in the pitch: Is there a dragon in this movie? <laughs> I can't spoil that, Nathan. Oh no, because oh boy, <laughs> a movie called Enter the Dragon. Tell you what, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers for some dragons to enter. I'll tell you that. So am I. I want them to enter uh, the screen stage right, and I want them to do a little routine, and then I want Bruce Lee. To, I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm going <laughs> to stop it because it's going to get strange. Right. Uh, Brendan's fan fiction, like of his dragons encounters, just like. Like he tucks it under the table just like <laughs> for another day. So from what I just said, Nathan, yes, are you gonna would you, if you had not seen Enter the Dragon as we both have now, would you want to watch the film? Well, tell you what, like if 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 you went back to us right in our Doctor No episode, which you should all listen to because it's very good. But if you went back to then and you said, hey. You know what this movie needs? More kung fu. Would you guys like Doctor No more if it had kung fu? I'd probably tell you no. I don't know if like if kung fu would improve the Doctor No film. Do you concur? No, I I I agree. I don't think Doctor No as a film as it stands needs extra kung fu. No, but also like you know, seeing Sean Connery do kung fu would just be outright ludicrous. I mean, this is not on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Like he's not Asian, so like it just wouldn't work. <laughs> so it, it's not it's not even into the dragon with uh John Saxon kicking about. No, exactly. For sure, I, I got like a spy film with kung fu. We're getting in the kung fu spirit at the moment, so yeah, I, I, I could get around that premise, Breton. I think I think you're doing well with the pitch. Well, good. Now that you've gone into the future, whoa, whoa. Nathan, <laughs> what 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 did you actually think of Enter the Dragon, having seen the film? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. Brenton. I, I genuinely haven't made up my mind yet about this movie. I think there's a lot to love in this movie. There's a fuck ton to love and there's also a lot to not love. I don't know. Do you have a do you have a strong opinion that you could lead the episode with? Well, if you were to ask me, because I, I just jumped in and asked you first of all, and yes. you said, and if you asked me, Brenton, what did you think of Enter the Dragon? Wait, wait, I'll make this really professional, Brenton. <clears throat> Brenton, what did you think of Enter the Dragon? Funny you, you should mention that. I know, God, such good chemistry we have. Because, uh... <laughs> 
I didn't think during Enter the Dragon, to be clearly honest. <laughs> like it, it's it's one of those movies that is like a dumb. It's 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 meant to be dumb fun. Yes. Like it's meant. It's like don't 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 think about it. You know, d- just don't. Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the roller coaster. But at the same time, Nathan, there's so much shit going on that I can't help but think <laughs> about it. But the, but <laughs> you're not wrong, Brenton. But but there's danger when I think what you're referring to is the danger as the audience member is that if you think about it too much. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> this is not for your for your pipe smoking beret wearing academic. No, no. This is yeah. <laughs> this is for your drunk at 11 p.m. Somehow the cinema's still open and they've got a screening of this, so you kind of stumble in and you watch this. So <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you a timeline. It's like five minutes in, I was hating my life watching this. I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. We got to a point and I was like, damn, this is actually kind of fun. And I don't know if I ever got out of that during the movie. There was things that obviously took me out of it. And I was like, oh, God, like this is so sti- this dialogue is so stilted. Oh, yeah. Geez. These these performances all make no sense. Oh, this, you're this right. This story makes no sense. These yep. characters are not consistent at yep. all. The filmmaking isn't isn't that unique. We're, we're yep. doing heaps of close up during some of this kung fu fighting so mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's not actually capturing it akin to something like the drunken master it's it's a bit of a mess but it's enjoyable at the same time yeah here's the problem though our rating is thumbs up or thumbs down and I don't know where that falls oh great we're both we're both equally confused we both stumbled into the ring and we don't exactly know what to hit first so I like it Brenton look I'm really glad you brought up the drunken master because you and I have had the privilege of watching something much better <laughs> so we know how this shit is done and it's funny because like drunken Master inspired us to watch this, right? This 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 Jackie yep. Chan film, and because like you know, the, the Enter the Dragon is held as like one of the greatest martial arts films of all time. That's and, right. And I can see why, right? Because like it pioneers a fuck ton of stuff, right? It pioneers putting martial arts with the spy genre. So putting those together, that's a first. Yes. It, well, it was actually one of the first ones I was researching to do black exploitation to this level of like mm. having like a black character kind of be this kind of uh, martial artist kind of uh, archetype. Yeah, so it kind of set the stage for that. So I can see why in 72 or 73, whenever this came out, like why this would be so innovative. But like you're watching it now, Brenton, and you're right. I, I, I would find it tricky to ignore the stupid shit. And by the way, this is a <laughs> podcast where we do regularly point out stupid shit. But like half the time it almost works in the, in the film's favor. Like, you know, we we like films sometimes when they have their stupid shit. Oh, don't do get me wrong though there's stupid shit in this movie that is mightily enjoyable like oh there's, yeah there's some there's some prime stupid shit but there's uh some stupid shit that i'm just like that's that's clearly not intentional and that's just bad like it like it's 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 just not hitting the mark right yeah would you agree with that it just yeah it never really finds its stride like it like it's it's first and foremost like a, a martial artist movie but it's it's funny because at the start it really comes across as a spy movie look there's a lot to love in this movie right like it's it's very funny seeing you know speaking of because the comparison to bonds are so inevitable it's funny seeing this movie act like a bond film because i remember being so impressed actually at the start where we're introduced to all these characters and like they kind of already know each other like it's a lot like bond where like here's like the m here's the q here's like the allies and that kind of stuff the enemies and like as audience members we kind of have to kind of just like pick up the pieces and go oh shit it feels it feels like we've walked into like a sequel with yeah. all these like pre-established relationships and i'm like sitting there going wait who's what who and like i kind of respect it in the 70s for doing that because like it doesn't beat around the bush or drop all this like exploitation or no what am i saying it doesn't drop all this um exposition because we just have to run with it yeah totally i actually thought five minutes in i was like oh is this a sequel yeah and i did some quick research and it it, and it wasn't i was like wow that's that's confusing but also really cool like so (laughs) (laughs) that's confusing (laughs) put that on the poster but um okay let's 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 talk about some other stuff to do with uh entering dragons bruce lee nathan yes he is cut isn't he 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 is ripped he is very ripped he is 
something else to behold. I was just like, wow. Every time he takes his shirt off and he takes it off quite a bit, I'm like, damn. This guy <laughs> is... like uh, founding himself like, woo, Bruce Lee, you jest. Yeah, I I, I really was. Yeah. Uh, but even like, he, like, sure, he looks good in that sense, like with his body, but that's not his main drawing point. Like, it, like the, the sheer physicality the man does in this movie is insane. And like, it annoyingly kind of feels like a Bruce Lee power vehicle because like, like literally everyone else is so much shittier than him. So like... I know, it's ridiculous. There are no stakes at all in the movie whatsoever. There's no tension. Like, it's just got, like, there's literal scenes where Bruce Lee will just, like, beat up a bunch of people. And then, like, the background extras who play henchmen will kind of just start, like, applauding him or just start, like, grinning and nodding at him. Just, like, just, like, gobsmacked that they're in the presence of Bruce fucking Lee. Like, you know, it, it doesn't belong in the movie. Yeah, I agree with that all 100%. Though it, it, yeah, it's like this weird fantasy where, like, every time this guy does something, everyone just, like, loses their mind. It's like we're in the Matrix or something. Yeah. Whoa, that's a crossover that needs to happen. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> But you, bring, but you bring up Bruce Lee, and that's. A, and I'm so glad that you did, because like I don't think I like Bruce as much as I like Jackie. Here's the, here's the difference, though. Yes, like, I I I think I think that Bruce is taking this very seriously, which I, Isn't I he? to his credit, he's quite good at. He's quite threatening. You know, yes. as a as a individual, when when he whenever he just looks at someone and they like back down, it's like, man, this guy's got all the power, and I believe that, and I buy it, and I like that about his character in this film. What I think, where I think it falls apart, and I think unfortunately for Bruce, is that in regards to the kung fu and the fighting in this film, we don't actually get to witness the full extent of what Bruce is doing because the choreography, as well as the uh, the way it's shot just is nowhere near the level of of Drunken Master. Which, in itself, Drunken Master is a completely different vibe to this Mm. film. (laughs) They're all drunk. That's right. Like, it's a comedy. And so we like Jackie Chan because he's a a bit of a larrick and whatnot. And he he jokes a lot. But Bruce, like, how many times does Bruce crack a smile in this movie, if ever? Like, he's so stoic and angry. And I guess that's intrinsic to his character's arc. Like, he has a motivation for doing all this. But, like, I think the biggest weakness to Bruce is that we don't find anything about him outside that he's getting revenge for something that happened in the movie. So, like, we don't get moments where we get to hang out with Bruce Lee or we get to really know Bruce Lee. All we just get is him just, like, sitting about, meditating, just being like, you know, respect the form... And then he just, like, you know, kicks a bunch of these guys' asses, like... And it's funny, he's, he's also, like, a tennis player when he does it. He does, like, a lot of, like, like, he does a lot of those, like, stereotypical sounds, but genuinely. So, but they sound so ridiculous, like, you can't help but take him, like, as a joke. Well, yeah, like, I mean, like, I guess, like, having seen clips of Bruce, I was kind of used to this. Like, right. it's, it is, but, but it is quite un, I, unnerving to be like, oh, Bruce Lee, let's check out this badass that everyone always talks about. And you're like, why why, why is he <laughs> making that noise? You know? I know. What's the point? I guess I wasn't uh, as confronted with, with that. But it is quite, it's quite unnerving in that sense as well. Because he's so, like you said, he's so stoic. And yet he's making these uh, quite outlandish these sounds. ridiculous sounds like, like it's yeah. a part of a so shtick it, it messes it messes with the tone of what he's going for and you're like oh yeah. that, that's that, that takes me out of it a, a bit so I can understand that yeah totally the film kind of jumps around and, it, and it's a, it jumps around with him in that kind of sense like it's funny this is not my first experience of Bruce Lee like the first time I really saw Bruce Lee was in Tarantino's Hollywood film like, that was my first time I actually got to really hang out with him and even though that wasn't Bruce himself <laughs> that wasn't even Bruce Lee <laughs> no it was someone who played Bruce Lee but in the sense that like and this is true like he like on set like especially when making this film like he he definitely um was like goaded and challenged uh 
by um, some of the film's extras. So like he would beat up other people who worked on this film. Like he would practice on them. And that's a real thing that happened. And like he definitely looked out for a fight. So when you see this plot where he has to infiltrate this bad guy's lair, he th- he sends like he feels like the wrong spy. He feels like the wrong guy for them to send in because he's kind of this guy that just goes in and then just has like guns a blazing attitude when he's supposed to be all stealth. You know? Could you imagine Nathan if like we challenged each other and like our guests on this show regularly, like in our professional <laughs> yeah. lives, we were like constantly like, oh yeah, man, like like it could be anything. It's like you know, oh. <laughs> what does he say? What does he say in Hollywood? What does he what does he say to Brad Pitt? It's like um, nobody beat the shit out of Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great scene. But, you know, it's like uh, it's like you threaten me, I will kill you. You know, and then he just, <laughs> and then Brad Pitt's like, you know, if you kill me, that's called murder. Yeah, yeah, no, it's like you know, uh, no, nobody killed anyone without meaning to. It's called manslaughter. You know, <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's it, like that. That whole scene is so entertaining. Oh, uh, and I know that there was a, it was a, it was controversial because people thought uh, Tarantino was taking the piss out of Bruce Lee. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't necessarily think that. Like, I don't think he's there, like you know, making Bruce into a caricature or anything. Like, I thought it was a fun moment of like revealing. That that side of, of of the man of like hey like on set you know they'd often like challenge each other and have some fights yeah um, what people i don't think like to see in that was that uh, bruce lee got his ass kicked <laughs> yeah well, was actually like a formidable opponent opponent to bruce because also his character was a murderer yeah that's right and, and like a war vet and also he harpooned his wife that one time you know what i mean like it was a fictional he was a fictional character i'm not taking anything away from bruce lee i think yeah. like bruce lee it was like was literally a badass and won all those tournaments and was would be formidable in a fight in saying that I kind of wish in Enter the Dragon we still got that scene where Brad Pitt just like threw Bruce Lee into a car and just like for some reason on Enter the Dragon the set designer comes out going, what the bloody hell are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What the fuck did you do to my car? (laughs) Just imagine that in Enter the Dragon. It's like all the stars turn around confused. Uh, Kurt Russell's to calm her down. Uh, And Kurt Russell's there. It's like, what the fuck did you do to her car? Bruce Lee's just like shrugging and just like the other two leads like the white the white guy and the black guy are just like oh <laughs> we were just practicing <laughs> I gotta say I I love Brad Pitt in that movie I think he's so freaking cool like Cliff Booth what a character oh. like what if I reckon it's up he's up there he's one of Tarantino's best in fact both those leads are like just like fantastic characters uh, uh Rick Dalton who Leo DiCaprio plays and Cliff Booth they're just they're so entertaining and thank god they're there otherwise the movie just would not it plummet would not wouldn't land it? Yeah. like yeah like like it just wouldn't like because that movie is such a fucking love letter to like that period in Hollywood you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. and and often maybe to its detriment. You know what I mean? Its identity is so based around this time in cinema and and what was going around in LA. You know, it's just it's a real interesting one. You know, and I'll be interested to see what people think about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in like thirty years. Yeah, exactly. They'll be like Bruce Lee, man. He sure loved picking fights, didn't he? <laughs> don't don't <laughs> don't let him near a car <laughs> unless he wanted dented. <laughs> oh God. Um, but anyway, getting back to uh, entering dragons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to stop saying that. Too. Uh, yeah. I know, and you know it pisses me off the more you say it. Look, technically this film is horrendous because it commits a... I don't know why they did this, Brenton, but it commits a huge cardinal sin where for some reason they decided to not record any dialogue when filming. Like, they didn't record any sound effects, they didn't record any spoken word. And so all of it is edited on top of it. And Brenton, does it work? Once your brain adjusts, some of it you can like put you can put it out of your mind. You can be like, "All right, I, I'm I'm over this now." You <laughs> yeah, know, like I've, yeah. I I have given in. I've given in to what this film is wanting me to. I, I don't even know. Like I I don't know why they do this, but 
so Nathan, some of it is okay. Some of it you could just put up with. It's not yeah. okay, but you could just be like, I will for the greater good, I will put that aside and watch this movie. And then some of it is absolutely atrocious. Every oh time God. the villain in this movie, like oh, in so quotation bad. marks, every time I think at the start, like the first scene in the film at the temple, there is there is a master there that is talking to Bruce Lee. Yeah. And it is just so off putting. As well as that so just some of the other characters as well. There's a agent that sends Bruce Lee off to this island that he's all these first lines of dialogue, I was just like, "Are we are we being serious here? What is going on? Oh. And why is it going on?" Like, oh. filmmaking established at this point, because like, because the film opens with like Bruce Lee training in a temple. I genuinely, in my heart, thought we were like in like you know ancient China or something like that. Like, I genuinely thought that's because <laughs> like we're in with all these like fucking monks just like training and that kind of stuff. And it's the funniest moment in the whole movie because I thought we were in ancient China. Then suddenly this old fucker rocks up in a full suit, and I was just <laughs> like, "What? <laughs> like what?" <laughs> <laughs> when are we right now? And then we go to like Hong Kong in the 70s, like straight away, and you're like, what? Yeah, I was like, this <laughs> isn't ancient on? China. Okay, could you, okay, put it this way. Could you imagine if Enter the Dragon was like the uh, Wonder Woman film, is in the first Wonder Woman film oh in the goodness. DC? It's like Gal Gadot, you know, on the island, you know, is so out of touch with like, you know, <laughs> reality. But it's like this ancient society that yeah. Bruce Lee is a part of, and he's like, Oh, ice cream! Damn, that tastes good. And everyone else is like, what the, "What the what the fuck's up with this guy?" I feel like the film would have a whole other like side to it if that was the case, for the better. Could you imagine? Maybe like Chris Pine rocks up and there's a <laughs> romance between like Bruce Lee and Chris Pine. He's like, "You've never slept with a beside a man," and Bruce Lee's like, "No, but I really want to." And it's like, "Oh damn!" <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see them like do Enter the Dragon but with a Gal Gadot. You know, it's just like you know, same thing as Wonder Woman. You know, she's on. A, she starts off, um, you know, just running about and suddenly like yeah Chris Pine crashes and that kind of stuff I think it'd be great David David Thewlis rocks up at the end and he's all like it's just a boggart Harry and then like you know like (laughs) just have some chocolate and then yeah it's it's chocolate it's chocolate everyone by the way what the fuck is up with Remus Lupin Brenton is so derailing this episode and I love it he's 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 a great character right he's one of my favorites from Harry Potter yeah Lupin's great he's up there for me but why the fuck is this guy sleeping in a carriage with children. Whoa, 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 back up, back up, Brenton. Like, he, he's he's not sleeping in a carriage with children. Like, the carriage is, he sleeps in an empty carriage. It's Harry, Ron, and Hermione who see him sleeping in there and go like, oh yeah, we can just hang in this carriage. I don't give a shit, Nathan. Why the fuck is he on the train? Like, what? Like, like that is not It is true. We never... Teach- <laughs> wait, wait, back up four steps. Do you reckon, like, in the lore, because we never find out how the staff get to Hogwarts, do you reckon there's, like, a teacher's carriage that we never hear about? Like, like at the back of the train, there's, like, one for staff? They clearly apparate, Nathan. They just oh. apparate, like, out into Hogsmeade, you know what I mean? And just, like, go in. Like, that's how they okay. get there. But then I was thinking, maybe Dumbledore sent Remus yeah, to, security? like, protect the train or something. Yeah. 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 yeah, for sure. That makes sense. But it's, like, that being said... Like, who the fuck is this hobo sleeping in a carriage? Like, have some <laughs> self-respect, He doesn't dude. look that bad, like, dude. Like, he sleeps in a weird position because he's awkward to go with, like, his coat, like, half over his face. Like, like he can still kind of see the light, so it's not really doing much to have him, like, sleep in darkness. He's just kind of sitting there. What's weird about it, too, is that... What's probably the strangest thing about it is that, like, smartly, like, all the other students, like, divert carriages. They're like, holy shit, why is there an adult, like, hobo, like, sleeping on the train? Uh, whereas Harry, <laughs> Ron, and Hermione are like... Like, nudge him a bit, and Ron's like, oh, he's out of it. And then Harry's like, oh, 
well, I've got to tell you guys something. And then they have this full conversation. And you're like, well, guys, like, w- what are you doing? You know, you're 13. Yeah. Also, I feel like he was, like, pretending to sleep the whole time. Because he wakes up immediately the second that de- Dementor walks in. Like, I like to think he was just kind of, like, pretending to be asleep. Just hang- like, hanging about, just listening. And the second the Dementor walks in, he's like, fuck, I've got to pretend to wake up now. So he's like, because he casts that spell quick. <laughs> like, like he is yeah, ready to go. That's one of, it's one of the favorite, it's one of the funniest shots in the film. When he just, like, turns around. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna demonstrate it, and then I'm gonna ask our listeners uh, to complete a challenge. So basically, you know, it's like, oh no, Harry's getting his face sucked off with this weird effect on his face in the film, and you're like, oh no, here comes the Dementor, and then David Tulis is just lying there and just suddenly just goes. <laughs> and like the, 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 the sound effect as well like he pulls this weird face it's this weird shot where he just turns around and is like oh and it's so funny because like the audio is like the mother's scream of like harry as he like fades to black like he he, he literally magnums the dementor if you've seen <laughs> zoolander like he, he like he like, like a he, shuriken star just like floats in front of the dementor's face <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so my challenge to the listeners is is uh, get that scene, you know, get that scene from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. And I want you to add a line of dialogue that David Thewlis could say as he turns around. Maybe expecto Patrona, maybe the actual spell that he's casting. No, I don't know. I feel like it's such a funny shot that I'd love to see it. I reckon that shot should be a meme. <laughs> like, he's pulling such a stupid face. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, feel free to write in links below and uh, let us know what you think Remus Lupin should be saying uh, in that scene in Prisoner of Azkaban. But enough about that. <laughs> Thank you for once again diverting us from Enter the Dragon, Brenton. Look, there's some things I want to say about Enter the Dragon, Brenton. I've got some opinions. I, I think narratively this film is very shit because like it hasn't got any... Uh, <laughs> <Continue>. <laughs> it hasn't got any real key character arcs like that. I don't think it's 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 a spoiler to like, tell the premise of the movie because Jackie Chan's like, getting um, revenge for his sister his death. I don't think that's a huge spoiler. Whoa, whoa. Jackie Chan. Nathan, oh, sorry. Come on. Come Bruce on. Lee. Come on, Bruce. Jackie Chan's in this, by the way. And by the way, that's not the last time I'll make that mistake. Jackie Chan's in this? What are you talking Jackie about? Jackie Chan is in this movie. So he he was he plays one of um uh, Dr. No's henchmen in this. I mean, is he just an extra? Like he's just in yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he but he but you can see him clearly at one point. There's a scene later on um where um Bruce Lee has him in a chokehold, and you and you can see Jackie Chan's face, like it's him. So he's you know the two greats are in this movie. I now want to watch this film again for that reason alone to see where he is. Jackie's in here, but yeah. Anyway, he's he's the guard in the underground lair battle scene who gets his neck snapped. So when you're looking out for Jackie, that's where he is. I don't like the way this film is written. For some reason, this film has a lot of flashbacks in boats, and I don't like that. I think the flashbacks are pretty shit. Yep. Well, it tries to give like character arcs to these characters that never actually get arcs. So no. Give them the backstory. And still, you're just like, why was this necessary? And they all look like action figures. This feels like a shitty Marvel movie in the sense that, like, they have like they're almost like saying catchphrases consistently, just to, and and looking so different from each other, so you can tell the dolls apart when you actually buy the ones on the shelf. So like, it doesn't feel like it's really trying to tell a meaning story. It just feels like Kung Fu the movie. Yeah, yeah, which is which is fine if that's what it's going for. But my whole problem with it is, is that yeah, that's what the movie is going for. It is it is there to to give a basic plot, you know, a fun stupid plot to facilitate some Kung Fu. But my issue with the movie is that the Kung Fu isn't as good as the Drunken Master. No. And like, and also, Drunken Master's one of the best. But even, like, the Kung Fu in general, it's good. Like, obviously, it's really good. But, like, it's not... It's it's a bit repetitive in a way. Yeah. And it's not captured well. 
Like we keep no. getting like weird close up shots of like all this kung fu happening, and I'm just like, could we could we maybe widen the frames so I can like see what's going on and see these amazing feats that these that these martial artists are doing? Like to be honest with you, my favorite parts of the movie were like the quieter moments. Where like I love, for example, like the training stuff. Where like you know Bruce Lee's really going on about the you know the 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 art of like the martial arts, and like it feels a lot like Star Wars when like Yoda's training Luke or something like that. Like you have that real kind of sense of like master and trainer like in there. Like, I I can see George Lucas pulling from this. Like, it's definitely there. I totally agree with your point. It's a, it's actually a really good point, but I just can't get the image out of my mind of Bruce Lee on, <laughs> on, on some Dagobah. young lad's back. <laughs> young lad's back. And like, run, run, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a fan edit of, like, Bruce Lee, like, backpacking. Jesus, you are derailing this episode so much this week, Brenton. <laughs> I love it. Could you, could you imagine if uh, if if Disney did a spin- <laughs> did a spin-off series and it was like Yoda the series, but it was like they they got young Bruce Lee, like they like CGI like young Bruce Lee just put some ears on him or something and more. <laughs> And, like, that's why he does his, like, kung fu high-pitched voice, because it's actually the Yoda voice. Maybe, maybe that was the inspiration for Frank Oz. <laughs> that's what I want you to ask at the next fan convention. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, in terms of Wu-Tang, why does he do the high-pitched noises? Maybe the reason Yoda has a high-pitched voice, because it's just going off uh, Bruce Lee's kung fu. Yeah, that's an interesting hypothesis, Brenton. <laughs> let's, let's ask the internet and see what they say to it. It's, it's, actually, it's, actually, it's actually not. It's, it's, quite, it's quite general and probably offensive, so I'm sorry if I offended <laughs> That anyone. sounds just it like was not my General it, it was not my intention. It, it, it was not my intention to be offensive there at all. But uh, if I did, I do apologize. Well, uh, one thing I do want to praise this movie on is that I think <laughs> the third act almost makes up for the whole movie. Because I thought the third act was easily the strongest, where the film just kind of drops any pretense of, of, you know, novel, of story and plot and all that kind of shit. And we just have battle after battle after battle. Yeah, dude. You know what I mean? Like, there's way too much set up in this movie. That, that was all fun. It was like the first hour. It's like, and literally the last battle is like the last 20 minutes. Really, probably, probably longer than that, actually. But like, the first hour is like all these flashbacks, all these fucking setups of the island and shit all yeah that no one cares about all this weird like you know giving women over to men and oh jeez we'll talk about that yeah we'll talk about it later but it was there was a bunch of issues there that I was like this this is not a good film for women no it's not and it like t- in in my opinion as well like it's not really a good like you mentioned before that there's a that there's a uh, a black character in this film right and uh yeah. and and this character's kind of set up to be like, oh look, he's black and he does kung fu, and that's yeah. about it. And then at a point, unfortunately, they do nothing with this character, and like, so they, they do nothing with this character that's set up. And unfortunately, I I I just think it's to the film's detriment. I don't think that character is treated in, entirely too well. No, we'll talk about that later because I can talk there's, about the there's, there's something I do want to spoil because it's so ridiculous. Because you mentioned like the other like leads who are all shit actors. So there's you know there's a black lead, there's you know Bruce Lee lead, there's I'm a British lead, and then I laughed at this moment. There's a Kiwi lead at one point. There's one oh guy who's from God, New Zealand. I forgot about him. He's sent on the boat with the rest of them to investigate what's going on the island. But then the movie literally forgets the character exists. No, no, no. He has a scene on the island. He does have a scene on the island. Oh, does he? Yeah, we'll talk about it in spoilers, but he does. But oh, let's okay. just say I feel sorry for our Kiwi friends across the ditch yeah. because... Who are looking for some representation. <laughs> it, it is probably the worst Kiwi accent 
Oh, this Kiwi person so I've probably ever seen in, in in a film. It's it's atrocious. Yeah, it is so terrible. Oh, so so yeah, man. Like I don't know. Like how? Like you compared this to James Bond before. Like how does this? Did you like this more than Doctor No? Or like he, he, here's here's the thing. I, oh no, I didn't like it as much as Doctor No because remember I liked Doctor No. So <laughs> here's the thing. Here's, here's really the question we have to ask ourselves. One, I don't think it's necessarily as, like, boring as some of the Bonds because the the setup isn't as intricate, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's also a shorter film, so it's short-lived. Yes. Here's the thing, though, Nathan. We, we've discussed this and we haven't really come to a consensus and we're about to rate it. So my yes, question to you is this. Even though this movie has fun moments and, it's, and, it's, and, it, and it is fun, you know, and I do enjoy moments in this movie and I can switch off and just have a dumb time and enjoy it. Is that worth getting your mates around on a Thursday night? And is it worth even just giving the thumbs up to, to cross that threshold? What do you think? How are you feeling I don't think moment? so. I don't think so either. There's other kung fu movies I think have way better plots than this. Even like Shanghai Noon, which, which I shat on. At least has fucking levity it's like you know what i mean like it's hard to it's really ambitious for them to do a real serious drama like like for example like you know crouching tiger hidden dragon is so dramatic it's so heavy with its characters but and it has an amazing and has amazing martial arts in it but it gets away with it because stylistically it matches the choreography so yeah. the directing done yeah. is so interesting that it kind of matches these stork these these character arcs that you're mirroring with the kung fu. Also, the kung fu is inherently tied into character arc. Bruce Lee is just kicking gas because he's Bruce Lee. He's not doing it, you know, to prove himself or to do anything like that. He's just doing it because he can. Whereas in like you know in the film Hero, which is another amazing kung fu film, which I'd recommend, that's inherently tied to like character arcs. You know, even Drunken Master was you know tied to alcoholism. So, like, there's there's ways you can do this that are way yeah. more interesting. So, Kung Fu alone can't sell it. Look, I'll say this about Drunken Master. is like, while you mentioned alcoholism, that's not a deep film. And I don't think it's a great idea. No. But I get your point. I do get your point. I do get your point, and it's a great way to highlight kung fu in a fun way, uh, with, with 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 in a comedy with lar- larrikin characters that are it's it, it's kind of meant to be fun. Yeah, and this movie is meant to be fun in a different way as well. But like you said, like you know about Bruce Lee, that it's literally just Bruce Lee bashing up people. I mean, this character is literally called Mister Lee. It's here as yeah. like a you know a juggernaut for Bruce Lee, and people are going to this film to see Bruce Lee be, be Bruce Lee, and that's great. Like I I do think that's great, and there is some merit to that. But my main issue with the movie is that in terms of it being a kung fu film I don't think it captures the kung fu in an interesting way or in a way that makes it uh, makes me appreciate what's being done because I can yeah. appreciate it and I can see the work that's gone into the choreography and whatnot. but uh, hey if it's not being captured well what the heck was the point you're fond of me lobster ain't you so yeah for me at the end of the day whilst there's some awesome moments in this and there's some really really fun moments in this and I really mean that there is some incredibly just like silly stupid fun enjoyable scenes that I feel like you could switch off, get your mates around, and really enjoy those moments. But overall, I think there's a lot that lets this down and detracts from that yeah. feeling, including including some problematic representation of women. Oh, jeez. And just uh, bad storytelling. So uh, at the end of the day, whilst I, I, I did enjoy this to a certain extent, I would have to give this a thumbs down because there's so much other stuff like Drunken Master, like Shanghai Noon, Shanghai Nights that I could point towards that oh, don't is watch more enjoyable than this. Watch Hero, watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like, start with those two. Those are the, easily the best. Yeah, I, I agree. But I'm saying even with Shanghai Noon, it's like it was more... It's better. It's still not a good movie, Breton. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I agree. But like the thing is as well with this is that the biggest thing it's got going for it is that it's short. 
So you could just get it over yeah. and done with pretty quickly. You could even just yeah. watch the second half of it and get what's going on. Yeah, but I don't just watch movies because they're short, Brenton. You know, they got to have a little bit more than that. Look, for me, it's also a thumbs down, dude. I completely agree with everything that you said. You know, we're back on track. We're, we're in consensus. But let's, I'm, I'm ready to spoil this. You spoiled it. What? The movie. Oh. All right, so the first thing I want to talk about is actually just the setup itself. Because right. we get three <laughs> separate backstories to our supposed three lead characters in this film. But yes. all that amounts to is that we see that Bruce Lee has is on a story of revenge, basically, yep. for his sister that, <laughs> that went to this island and then all these dudes tried to rape her or something. Jeez. And then she ran away, bashed the crap out of all of them, but ran away, got cornered, and then killed herself. Yeah. Jeez, that was that fucking dark ordeal. with the glass in the chest, wasn't it? Oh, it was it really was. Yeah. Uh so yeah, so we got that and we're like, holy shit. Anyway, and Bruce Lee's dad, I think it is, just like casually tells him this and is like, so that's the what happened. And you're like, what the fuck? Like He was actually killed by the blade of his own glider. You're like, thanks for disclosing this <laughs> later on. You dumb fuck. Where was this years ago? <laughs> what, what what a reference. Uh, well done, Beth, and I'm glad you brought the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy into this episode. Someone's gotta do it. It's usually me, but thank you for doing it. Thank you for, <laughs> for, for holding that baton and passing it on. I'm, it's I'm, the same dumb shit though. It's like, where was this good information years ago when it was more relevant? Like, oh. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And also, how did the father get off the island when, like, he totally stabbed a dude? Yeah, how did he know those details of the story? It makes no sense. Maybe that's a whole prequel film that they can do one day. Anyway, so we got that backstory. Then the second backstory is that the white dude was playing golf, right? <laughs> I love the white right. dude was playing golf. Of course <laughs> and he, he was. And he, and he hit the ball. He's, he's a gambling addict, supposedly, because he's betting on every fucking shot of golf he takes. Yeah. And he hits the ball into the rough, and he's all like, damn, that's that's some money lost. And he goes down there, and then he, there's an assassination attempt on him for some reason, because I guess he's a gambler, and he owes people money. And he bashes the crap all out of them, and then he hits the ball back up into the green, and he's like, hmm, I'm going to go go in a tournament to get some money. And then that's that's him. That's him, yeah. And then the third one is this, the third guy that's, like basically at a temple and it's like you know he's all like oh yeah i'm gonna go represent this temple in a in a kung fu fight and then he leaves and also the black community yeah well <laughs> he, he leaves this is the bit he leaves the temple right and he gets held up for basically being being a, a black guy in the middle yeah. of the night just walking by himself and you're like damn like you know wow that's topical it is topical it you is know, pl- police brutality you're like damn and then he assaults the two police officers and steals their car he has a Django Unchained moment where he like puts that aside and he like exacts revenge and he bashes the crap out of those two and he steals their car and yeah. then he somehow ends up in Hong Kong and I was like wow like that's a whole other prequel story as well I was like how did that guy managed to get on the flight safely and get to Hong Kong. It's funny because, like, narratively, you're right. These flashbacks are more narratively interesting than the actual movie. You're not wrong. Anyway, and then we go to this island and we witness, like, basically this Kiwi guy kicking random, like, people over for no reason and then Bruce Lee throws him in a boat and everyone laughs at him and we witness that horrible accent and then we get to the island and we meet meet Mr. Han and it just kind of like falls apart for like 40 minutes and you're like it's so fucking boring like there are some bright spark moments in it like I laughed so much when like they first get given the prostitutes like because it comes out of nowhere and like (laughs) we're with like the black guy in his bedroom and then like you know the the hostess like walks in with like like six different girls and the black kung fu guy is just like for me like he's like pour moi <laughs> like so, like taken aback by it, and he ends up taking all these different girls and that kind of stuff. And he ends up having sex with all of them because, of course, he's so badass. And like, there's nudity in this. Like, it's funny because, like, this is already oh, right, you see boobs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Sorry, that was something else I mentioned. I wanted to mention in the review is that this tone is just literally all over the place. Yeah. Like, it's so like it's so dark that moment where she commits suicide. It's so dark, like 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 at points, and then 
and then it's got like nudity and you're like whoa whoa who is this i thought this movie was like aimed at kids at first right yeah and then i was like oh but shit no. it's clearly not you know this guy's having an orgy with these with these kids which by the way he's been told that a lot of these girls are like you know like child prostitutes like that was like a part of the debriefing so it's like mate yeah you're, you're not doing good at all bud and then you know and then it, it cuts to like bruce lee and his like spy girlfriend who's just like oh this i want fucking sucks and he's like i know where's the goods the only real like active thing we see the girls do in this movie is when we're introduced to them at the banquet and for some reason they have the ability to like slice <laughs> open apples with like their jewelry like what the yeah, fuck and, and, is and, this scene and, and mr han like commands them to do it he's like i hope everyone is having a good night and you'll throw an apple up and then like you go all like dart it and a audience member will capture it and be like oh that was awesome and I'm Whoa, like what the fuck awesome? <laughs> and why is it happening and then Bruce the funniest one for me is Bruce Lee's girlfriend who like gets her little dart earring thing and then he's like yes do it and she like blows it she blows on this thing like a blow dart but like from her hand and it oh. hits the apple and I'm like that's not physically possible <laughs> How did she do it? <laughs> he's like, use the force. Like, it's just, it just dies. Maybe up. she's the dragon because she's got like dragon breath or something. It's, yeah, uh, maybe. It could be, that could be it. She could be dragon lady. But at the end of the day, that's the only thing the girls do. Like, what a waste. Like, because they're cool. Like, when I was introduced to them, like, oh, maybe they'll like snap into action. You know, maybe they'll have like that, like, I'm with her kind of moment. You know, it's like, she's not alone. Like, that kind of like all the girls band together yeah. in five. But it d- never happened. But it was clear as well, like, that that could have been interesting and there could have been awesome kung fu fight because she's they're established as like Mr. Han's bodyguards and that they're like really dangerous and then we just never see them again in this final battle they never take part in it but also and on the back of that it's not like this movie's not against like showing women kicking butt because Bruce Lee's sister in this film has like the, that moment which is a horrifying moment basically that ends in that really dark scene where she you know stabs herself Yeah. but we have this whole section where she's like basically taking out all these dudes that are like chasing after her yeah like, damn she can like kick ass but then she dies we never hear from her again it's just like what a waste of a character I thought this movie was going to be way in- more interesting because I thought that that flashback was going to establish that she was still on the isle a captive on the island and Bruce Lee was gonna have to go in and like help her escape and then they were gonna kick ass together and then she just killed herself and I was like well yeah. there's that idea Brenton yeah that'd be way better if they, you know they managed to keep her alive and then maybe they had, he had to go save her or something like that could have been interesting but but no they just killed this 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 athletic character to be, to be honest Brenton do you want to know the scene that had the most tension for me which scene was that it was the scene with the cat the cat and the guillotine is what I'm going to call this scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's like a scene where like Dr. No, I know he's got a real name, but I'm just calling him Dr. No because he's bloody Dr. No. He's like takes Bruce Lee into his lair and he's like, join me and I'll show you the power. And he does like a like, whole spiel with like Bruce Lee. And like Bruce Lee's like, nah. So then like the boss is like, all right, well, let me show you like the cool like weapon shit that I own. Maybe they'll turn you. So he's like, ah, okay, cool, 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 cool. No, no, it's not. It's it's with the white dude, actually. Oh, white dude. Sorry. I'm going to get them all jumbled up because they're all the same fucking character. They have the same traits. They can do Kung Fu. So he takes him around like the lair and then he's like got the he's even got like Blofeld's cat from the Bond films like the white cat and like <laughs> yeah and they arrive at the guillotine and he's like oh can you put your hand in the guillotine and he's like oh no nah, I don't want my hand chopped off and then he's like oh okay what a shame you don't trust and he puts the cat on the guillotine and I was convinced dude that the film was gonna go there and just suddenly like slice this cat in half dude it was a great moment actually it was a good moment of tension because at the end too when he like because he's got his hand on that rope that you think's gonna like activate the, the blade and then like you know drop it down and kill the cat yeah and it's really like tense as like even as the white dude like 
because we've just seen at this point that Dr. Noah is like bashed the crap and killed the black guy. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, damn, what's he going to do the white dude? So he picks him up off the thing. And you're like, oh, don't chop his hands off. And then the guy's like, haha. And he pulls the rope and it activates this like secret elevator. And you're like, oh, yeah. he was trolling him. Uh, <laughs> classic yeah, troll. Classic. I thought so. But yeah. Dude, how fucked up is it though when they when it's revealed the black guy is like, you know, going to be fed to the sharks or whatever it is. Oh, that was terrible. That's what I mean. Like there's so much potential with that. I was like, damn, I thought there was going to be a great like Kung Fu like team up at the end. But it's only a team up between the two of them because the black guy's killed off basically like yeah. instantly. What a waste. And he's like, he's shown to be a really capable fighter and then he just gets bashed the crap out of by Dr. No. And he's, uh, I guess, wooden hand. Yeah. Uh, so that was disappointing. Uh, that was a bit of a waste. I was like, well, why did he have to die? You know, I get we have to show that this guy means business, but like... It did make me fear him more. Because like the villain just has such stilted acting. You just don't give two shits about him. Like, I, like, I wasn't scared about him. That's mate. right. But even when they killed him off, it's like, this ain't you, mate. Like, even when we do see, like... We'll get into it a little bit later when he fights, but like... There were things in this movie that were way more threatening than the main villain. And that's one of the film's big sins. Like, to be honest, I found the fucking snake more scary than like the villain yeah me too look i feel like there was 10 minutes of this movie that could have been cut as well and the first time that bruce lee like sneaks out in the middle of the night and literally does nothing like he climbs down a hole climbs back out and then like takes out a couple stealth kills a few guys and then that's it yeah that's literally it and then you're like oh well that was kind of a waste and then black guy gets the blame but I, I was really just, yeah, I was I was kind of like, why is this in the movie? This 10 minutes of just Bruce Lee sneaking around. It was just kind of boring. Uh, I know. There's a lot of filler stuff in there, like conversations I just didn't give a shit about. Like, it was more action stuff that I clung on to. Like, did, like I, I like it when he finally broke in and like set the alarm and like, you know, beat up those radio guys with the snake and that kind of stuff. Because it's a live snake as well. Yeah. Like, like it's real. Yeah. Like, like, like stuff like yeah. that I found way more interesting. Like, like, like the part where he's talking to like the, the girl spy and that kind of stuff. Like, I didn't need any of this, man. Like, even half the Kung Fu tournament I didn't need even need like no ugh. but then nathan let's get into it let's get into the end of this movie because oh, then the we, best part of this movie <laughs> then we get like after all like the sneaking around at no we get into like the end fight right so we have this fight scene between white dude as well as like the big the big henchman guy yeah and the white dude's actually capable so like he beats he beats that guy and you're like wow that was like what how incredible he beat him but then Nathan we oh. literally have the scene from the Dark Knight Rises where Bane's forces as well as the, the Gotham <laughs> uh, police force like fight on the brawl on the yeah. streets when basically the girl like frees like all these uh, prisoners down yeah. below in, in the island the fire rises they all just swarm like this kung fu tournament and it's like 200 dudes like just uh, like kung fu fighting as, each other as they start charging at him he's just like Impossible. Im- impossible. He's like, so you're going to die in your city. And then, like, Bruce Lee's like, no, I came to ki- I came to stop you. <laughs> then Anne Hathaway just shoots him down from a motorbike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like the white dude's Anne Hathaway, Bruce Lee's Batman, and uh, <laughs> Dr. That's Dr. where Chris Nolan got this from. I knew it. So, Nathan, though, could you imagine, though, if, if Bane had... Before they started fighting, like, you know, he's standing there opposite Batman. He's like, you came to die with your city. No, I came to stop you. And before, like, Batman starts, like, punching him, right? He just, like, reaches into his pocket, pulls out, like, this bear claw-looking piece of wood, pulls off his hand, and then, like, attaches that bear claw to his arm, and then just starts, like, swinging it at 
at Batman, like trying to door knock him and like scratch him. The movie could have only been improved by that, Brenton. Like that's that's fucking incredible. Like, dude, I I was so happy when the villain did that. Like when it was revealed that he could detach his hand. The setup for this is amazing, right? Because we walked <laughs> ages before the scene. Like when the villain's taking us through his lair, we see the room with all the different gloves, like 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 all that kind of stuff, and like. I was like, I wonder why this the, the film's spending so much time with this. And I thought we were going to get a moment like like in Diagon Alley when like Harry's like you know testing out the hands in the shop. I thought we were going to get suddenly one of those like hands like spring to life or just like cling to Bruce Lee or whatever. But, but no. you know, sadly no. No, no Harry, no Hagrid. Instead, like, especially when, like, the villain is, like, versing, like, Bruce Lee in the Hall of Mirrors, for some reason the villain decides to, be- like, become Wolverine and just, like, have, like, the claws fucking, like, flick out and just start swiping away. Like, it's great. It's it's a heck of a moment, though. You're just like, where did this come from? I can't believe this film's final shot is on that fucking claw, like, embedded in that piece of wood. I, I know. I can't believe oh that my it God. on that. I was, I was, I was just, I was gobsmacked. I was like, really? That's oh. what you chose? to end this on that shitty looking bear claw it's so funny it nearly stilled the movie for me it's more bond than probably half the bonds that we reviewed like as far as like the ludicrousness of the villain having like this these like this collection of hands like, i'm surprised bond hasn't done this like if enter the dragon hadn't already done yeah. this like bond would have probably ripped it off like because it's so funny and it's so stupid like yeah the funniest thing about it though is that dr no actually carries around that little wooden box that's got his bear claw in it. Like, he just has it on hand. He's like, oh, oh, shit's going down. Quick, get out my little wooden box. And he just, like, attaches it on straight away. Uh, it's funny that in Enter the Dragon, he, like, he snaps to it immediately. Like, and it's funny because it doesn't help him that much because all he's doing is, like, swinging it about. Like, he doesn't really have that much. And, like, also, this is the fakest scratch marks I think I could have ever seen on Bruce Lee. <laughs> like, so they literally just got some red paint and just, like, just drew a line on him. Yeah, it's not great. Because that fight isn't interesting because of, like, you know, the Wolverine claw. It's interesting because, like, in the mirror room we see Bruce Lee finally working out you know like use the force and like you know which by the way we've seen to death like we've seen like a billion mirror scenes like I fucking hated that mirror scene though because like in terms of logistics like when the camera pans around the room originally when we go in there it's not like a it's not like a labyrinth of mirrors no of course you'd you'd just be able to see this dude like it's not like that at all and then we have this weird like slow annoying scene where we have to like be like oh where is where they can't find each other and I'm like fuck off yes they can it's just a room <laughs> like it's literally just a room surrounded with a few mirrors in it I was just like <laughs> gobsmacked by it I just, it was you so just walk past the fight and you're just like it's just a room oi 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 Oi, get over yourself. It's just a room. But Bruce Lee kicks Dr. No into his own spear. Oh my God. That was amazing. I was like, yeah. <laughs> as soon as he hits the spear, he's just like, don't tell Harry. <laughs> he impaled himself with his own glider. <laughs> the blade that killed him was from his own glider. Why the fuck are you telling me this now? <laughs> It's just too good. I, I love the way that fight scene ended. Like I just, I, I thought it was really good. Like what a great way to end. But oh, at the end it just amounted to nothing. Like we, like you know, we, we didn't really expose this big criminal empire. Like the main villain had really no plot, like or motive, like for him to be doing any of this. It's just, it's just forgettable, Brenton. Like I'll be amazed if we're thinking about Into the Dragon like a couple weeks from now. No, God, we won't be. We won't be. Sorry, Bruce, but we won't be. I was waiting for Bruce Lee to say that. Like at one point, like get I. Name's Bruce. <laughs> you don't meet many characters called Bruce. <laughs> no, you don't. Well, then, well, so we, shall we get to some special segments then, Brenton? Let's do it. Special segment. 
Ooh, so special. Brenton, I want you to use your imagination here. Should this movie be a musical? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Why? There is so much, you know, because there's not here much here to begin with, there's so much potential for some musical theatre writers. <laughs> someone to write a book and also... It's true, a, there's no story. That would flesh out some of the shit that happens in this movie. <laughs> Could you imagine seeing this on Broadway? Oh, man, I could so easily see it. Because you are so right. The fact that there really is, like, no story, like, it's perfect for a musical. Like, like all they need to do is just sing. And, like, also, because it's, like, kung fu or martial arts, whatever you want to call it, like, it's perfect for a live medium. Like, in in yep. real life, you're seeing someone do this on a stage, you'd be so much more impressed. Like, it's like Cirque du Soleil, you know? So, But would it be a good musical? Probably not. But it, you could still make it into a musical. I think it could even be good. I think if they got like a good theme, like I, I one thing I did like about this movie, Brenton, was the soundtrack. I thought like the seventies kind of funky kind of you know guitar punk punk was like cool. So I think maybe if the musical like st- I, I think if the musical stayed in that vein, like you know, it, I think it could work. Hey, props to you, man. Like who knows, uh, musical theater budding writers, please get on it. See what see what you can do with this uh with this film. But Nathan, the real question is, would this be a good theme park ride? Yes, and I'll tell you exactly what it needs to be, Brenton. Okay. So this ain't going to be your roller coaster. This ain't going to be your little VR shit. What this is, is this is going to be a theme park live show, right? This is what you're like. You grab your popcorn, you go into your little stadium, and you're just like, and you see like, this is such a deep cut, but it's like when we were in the Gold Coast, we had a movie where the Police Academy live show. It's a lot like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but maybe they do it with a little bit more slapstick. So maybe like, you know, Bruce Lee, he can't he can't find his way into the lair. So you got to like, he's got to like run about the island and you're watching him like find all the claws and beat up some bad guys. They could do a whole live show on a theme park for this. I, I agree. I think it'd be amazing to see like that whole end sequence when like 200 dudes are just like kung fuing each other. Like, but live? Could you imagine? Oh. It'd be incredible. It'd be so awesome. I would love it if a theme park had this. I think it'd be really cool. Nathan, I think that's a great suggestion. The way you've suggested it of them doing doing a live show as opposed to like a ride itself. Great idea. Nathan, you should should own a theme park. (laughs) I should own the IP rights to enter the dragon. That's what should happen. Yeah, that's that's what should definitely happen. Nathan, the last question I have for you in terms of this film working in other media. You're making me do all the work. Would it it work as a video game? Oh, jeez, man. I'm I'm really working for my dollar in this board meeting. Will this work as a video (laughs) game? Have you you ever played Mortal Kombat, Brent? I have. Oh, good. I have not. Controversially, I don't love fighting games. Well, that's good because this doesn't necessarily have to be a fighting game. It could still be like a third uh, a third person, like open world, like you explore the island as Bruce Lee. Oh, yuck. (laughs) Hey, who knows? No, um, first and foremost, this should be a fighting game because didn't this inspire Mortal Kombat? Like I read somewhere like this was one of the key inspirations for the original game. I had no idea, but that would make sense. Yeah, but um, maybe not for the fatalities because this movie... Oh, no, this movie's not super, super violent. But um, tell me why Mortal Kombat's great? Like, what's the selling point with fighting games? Because I've never understood it. It's a fighting game. So it's like you're basically picking a character, you know, with a moveset that you can get really good at, right? You can, okay. like, learn all this So you character. learn the button presses and all that. And it's and it's quite a time having to learn it. It is a learning curve. But it's also, like, knowing, like, you know, with the right moves to do at the right time against the character you're playing against. Right. So there's some real strategy. So it's strat- like chess. Uh, yes, but it's like chess, like, if, like, you had to constantly be making moves at speed. And it was graphically violent. Yeah, well, yeah, Mortal Kombat is, like, super violent. It is like ridiculously violent. Go on YouTube and look at just some of the fatalities and you'll probably throw up. It's like, it's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, okay. But yeah, fighting games are fun, man. There's other ones apart from Mortal Kombat too. Like, you got Street Fighter, you got um bloody Soul Calibur. I love Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur is so good. But yeah, man, fighting games are fun. Uh, I don't know. Every time I play Smash Brothers, I'm like, I don't know any of this shit, man. <laughs> like, I always lose. I'm like, I don't know what to do here. I just like press the one button hoping it does something like... Oh, yeah, no. You gotta, you gotta button mash. If, if you don't know what you're doing, just button mash and pray. Great, mate. Like, yeah, I just... 
don't know. That's why, like, I, I, I understand why people love it, but it's just like, doesn't like the gimmick get boring after a while? Like, you just have, you just, you're on the same, like, you know, one person's on the left, one person's on the right, and you just like just mashing until someone falls over. Like, no, I don't think so. Like, Smash Brothers is awesome. Smash Brothers is like really, really cool, and I like Mortal Kombat too. Also, you'd probably like Injustice, which is made by the oh guys Christ. that make. I wouldn't. I've I've seen those cutscenes. I do not need to play Injustice. Come on, man! Or you could play the newest Mortal Kombat that has like characters such as the Terminator oh. or like John Rambo as as playable characters, Christ. and like Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone actually voices Rambo in that game. I don't know, man. Like the writing, like the the writers, the poor writers have to think of some stupid story to get literally every character that that exists to get to fight. It's just... Yeah, totally. Superman's just like, ugh, Lois is dead. Oh, fuck, Lois is dead. I'm evil now. Like, I don't need any of that, man. All right, man. I, 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 I'm just saying you should give it a go. Before you before you diss it, you should you should give it a go. Right. Red is like sliding a copy of some games over the table. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Nathan's like, ah, oh, fuck. Let's see what steals this movie. <laughs> So Nathan, what stills this movie is a segment on the show where we pick a single still, a single frame from a film we are reviewing. We pick this usually on the basis of it being hilarious, but sometimes it's just a beautiful piece of cinematography. Brenton, I do love that you say beautiful cinematography because I feel like nine times out of ten it is never beautiful cinematography. (laughs) Like, it's mostly dumb shit. It's great visual dumb shit. So this still, Brenton... Like, where we meet, like, uh, the white guy who's, like, getting on the boat to, like, come over to the island. Now, he's also, like, you know, a, a, a spy or whatever. Or, like, he's just, like, a guy. He's not a spy. What am I saying? He's just a random guy that's coming to the island for, like, you know, the competition. But he's got, like, fucking eight suitcases with him on the boat. Like, like this. what is this fucker doing? And it's not, like, the smallest boat as well. So, like, you got this poor guy who's, like, rowing the fucking thing. And the guy's just, like, glaring off to the side with, like, these eight suitcases almost, like, overweighing the boat. What is he bringing to this competition? Well, I just want to count them, right? So you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So there's ten suitcases on there. Jeez. Now, what's funny about this guy is that he's a gambling addict, addict and he owes some people some money, right? But it's still like this joke of like, oh, I still like to live lavishly. And it's like, holy shit, man, this guy's got problems. Yeah. He's got deep set issues that he needs to work out. The funniest thing about this still for me, though, is not only the <laughs> the fact that all these suitcases are crammed on this tiny boat, but his facial expression, which is just like... Oh, my God. Disgusted by, like, what's going on. Uh, he's not having a good time about it, either. Or is he? No, he's not having a great old time, is he? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's 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 just horrendous. Like I was kind of waiting for like when he'd finally pull up on the boat, just for the rest of the other teammates to like look at him and just laugh, and like eventually just like throw his suitcases overboard. Like. Yeah, but the, but like when he gets to the island, you just like that, it continues because you see like all the staff all carrying just his suitcases up to the island. Yeah! <laughs> It's like, we never find out what he brought. It's like... Yeah, I know, right? What a, that's, that's the great mystery of the movie. Yeah, the great mystery of the character is what was in those suitcases. Ooh. Well, hey. Hey. Let's look at this film's poster. Blanton. Yes? Let's look at this film's poster. But is it art? So, Nathan, we've had some things to say about this film. Haven't we? We hope. <laughs> we've had some negative points towards Enter the Dragon. But something I've got to say that redeems this movie almost oh, entirely... so much. ...is how incredible this poster is. This is amazing. This is so fucking good. Like, look up um, in the links, listeners, this poster. It's like this beautiful kind of like... It's kind of like what the Marvel movies try to do, but kind of fail at. Yeah. They have all the characters kind of like posing in like a mishmash up and you got all the kind of monks in the bottom 
left of fighting. You got you got a dragon on the bottom right there with um some police. I don't think included the police cars and the black guy like on the bottom right. Like yeah, it's ridiculous. Like it's crazy. But but dude, this is such a piece of art. Like it's incredible yeah. that you have all these characters on there. You have uh Enter the Dragon in red. Uh, the ultimate martial arts masterpiece, lavishly filmed by Warner Brothers in Hong Kong in the China Sea. Uh, and then on the side of it, you have uh Bruce Lee kind of repelling down as well. You have the the line on the top their deadly mission to crack the forbidden island of Han so yeah I, I just think this artwork is just awesome yeah like, man it's so cool this is one of the better posters we've done and like, it, it goes to show how cut Bruce Lee is like Brad and I we're enamored with it aren't we I'm still enamored with it ooh so yeah man check it out really it's it's so incredible but well you done. know what's not perfect Brenton what Nathan title talk <laughs> ooh it's a title let's get into it enter the dragon <laughs> we haven't had this in a while Brenton where the title has irked me so much as this movie cause tell you what a movie called enter the dragon Brenton I've got one bloody pre requisite for it i want to see some dragons entering that's all i want yeah but did you see some dragons entering at all absolutely not what even is the dragon in this movie like there's obviously not a real dragon is it referring to bruce lee but is he called the dragon at any point no no that's why i was confused like what is the dragon i know he does another movie where it's also like something the dragon but like so i'm assuming maybe it is bruce lee because there's literally no other indication of it it's got to be bruce lee because he does enter in this film i guess he enters the room at one point but like but boo i wanted him to have like i wanted him like i have like a mandarin (laughs) dragon tattoo you know what i mean like like he'd be like i am the dragon i wanted him to shout that at one point i mean like if if so what you're saying is if it had been made clear that bruce lee was the dragon it would have been okay yes i would have completely forgiven it or have an actual dragon even like a statue of a dragon just just any dragon at one point would have done the job for me so yeah as long as a dragon rocks up at some point it would have it would have been worth it yeah so that being said since it that did not happen what should what would you call this film maybe dr no (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah dr no 2.0 yeah yeah i mean why not um i i I don't think that's a bad yeah i I, i'm down with that or like you know the tournament or something something yeah yeah it would have been cool (laughs) bruce lee at the tournament it's like or just tournament starring bruce lee yeah that'd be kind of cool or even like the island of han that would have been kind of cool yeah 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 or maybe like like violence on the island of Han or something like that. Like no no no, just island of Han or yeah, I I think island of Han might be cool too. Perfect. Instead of like Gilligan's Island, it's like with Jack Black on the cover. It's like Bruce Lee. <laughs> it's just like yep. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> oh. There's a deep cut. Well, now that we've uh, now that we've established that, shall we pass the power to the people? Finally. <laughs> Pass it here. What? The power to the people. So if you all head over to the Rotten Tomato meter, you'll see that Enter the Dragon has a critical consensus of 94% with an audience score of 92%. Nathan, we are in the minority. <laughs> Aren't we, though? What is going on it's here? It's because it's rare for both of us to be in the minority for a film this high. Yeah, it's just totally. one of us. But here we are. But tell you what, this is one of the most profitable films of all time. So it costs around about just under a million to make, and it made $350 million. This is insane. Wow. So it, obviously, this is not in like its initial year of release. Like it just kept on getting re- repeat screenings over decades, and it's just accrued this insane amount of money. Like this film is so popular. That is amazing. Yeah. Wow. So let's find out why. Nicholas Bell from IonCinema.com said this, although it features all the period trappings of misogynist tendencies evidence in the film's closest cousins, the rampant exploitation films of the 1970s, the formidable kung fu sequences are the greatest feature. And like, you're right, and he's right, you know, like, yeah, yeah, it's misogynistic, absolutely. Like, it's got that exploitation thing that may alienate, you know, certain viewers. But again, I don't think that kung fu makes up for it in that sense, you know? I don't think so either, yeah. Yeah, so, so I guess you're wrong, Nicholas Bell. We disagree. We do. Matt Brunson from Film Frenzy gave it 3.5 out 
Terminator 4 and just simply wrote, what action? I, I must say that the one point in that f- in the film that I would have said, what action would have been the Dark Knight Rises sequence when all those dudes just ran down the hill and you're like, whoa, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> they all just all started punching each other. It was It, was it did escalate, I must say. I do give the movie props to that and that kind of stuff. It does feel epic. Nathan gives the movie props for escalating. Yeah, well done. Uh, Matt G. Well done. Gave it three and a half stars and said, I don't know why, but I simply didn't expect this to be so silly. It's basically Mortal Kombat without the magic. I wasn't expecting it to be this silly either. I thought there was going to be a more of a serious tone, but... Uh, yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty stupid. Would you have liked this to get gotten a sequel if Bruce Lee had lived? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's highly speculated that like if Bruce Lee had lived, because it's made so much fucking money, this would have been like a, like a franchise to rival James Bond. No, it would never have rivaled James Bond. You know what? I bet they would have crossed it over. This movie is is made to be for crossovers. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, man. Like it's just oh, you can see crossover with anything. You know. Like I said, Harry Potter. Sure, man. He, he, Bruce Lee's on that train. He just beats up the Dementors. Lacey M gave it two and a half stars and said, can we all just be completely honest about this movie and admit that it is not the best martial arts movie of all time? It's not made particularly well and the plot is sort of dumb. I'd say it really is dumb. Anyway, Bruce mm. Lee is amazing. No doy, no da. So what's, what she's saying, I think, is that like Bruce Lee, absolutely a big draw card, but you need supporting players. You need people there that are almost as interesting to make you also want to go back, you know? like. And apart from that bear claw, I mean, like nothing else. <laughs> really I, I, I didn't love Black Panther just because of the Black Panther, you know? Shuri's interesting, you know? Martin Freeman flying a plane's interesting, you know? Andy Serkis being South African is interesting. Like, you need other people lifting the weight. <laughs> yes, agreed, agreed. <laughs> I like that you use those two examples, Nathan. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and finally, I was gonna, I, if I was if I was to use a Black Panther reference, I would mention Forrest Whitaker one hundred percent. Oh, if you right. want to see something interesting, just we'll look at that performance. <laughs> <laughs> Who would challenge for the mantle of the Black Panther? Oh, I will. Mumbaku. <laughs> That's my. By the way, my favorite line from that movie is when um uh, bloody uh, Lupita Nyong'o has to go to like um Mumbaku's like lair to like ask him to help out after like the Black Panther dies. Yeah, and he's like sitting on his throne, like being all cool and that kind of stuff. And Lupita Nyong'o, she gets on her knees and she says, "Great gorilla Mbaku." <laughs> and she's just kind of pressing him like it's so fucking good man <laughs> anyway last comment it's from Bosnian on YouTube and he writes even though this movie was made over 45 years ago it's still so electrified such motivational movie for young martial arts enthusiasts so d- does this inspire you Brenton oh. does, does this get you in, in the in the mood to kick some butt no oh well, <laughs> well so tell you what like have you ever been inspired like, exa- like Karate Kid for example did that ever inspire you to get into the Kung Fu mood no no <laughs> <laughs> That, that's the thing. No, I, I guess I have. I've, I've, I've never really been inspired by anything to, you know. Maybe if I'd seen Drunken Master as a kid, I would have been like, oh, that yeah. is awesome. I want to learn to do that." No, that's that would have inspired me to be an alcoholic. In a way, it worked. I completely agree, Brandon. I've, I've never felt that kick, and obviously it's purely subjective. But like, it is kind of funny. Like, I know how much people praise like Karate Kid and Cobra Kai and all that kind of stuff, and you know, it's such a juvenation of the sport. But it's, I, I really do feel nothing from it. Sadly, same, same, same. The only thing I was ever inspired to do would be to uh, have owned a goblin glider until like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> flown around the Gold Coast or something. I don't know. But until then, Brenton, we we entered the dragon, didn't we? That was well. Yeah, we 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 entered that dragon. And we found out what was inside it, where the organs were, what was going on inside. Uh, and I can tell you right now that uh, you don't want to know. So. Nathan, <laughs> thank you for joining me this week on this uh, enterprise and finding out uh, all about entering dragons as well as uh, just another, you know, fun time talking to everything else about movies. But you know what? That is not all the content we'll be releasing this week. What? Later We've on, got more work to do. F- this Friday. 
Feature Friday with the Banter Boys. We'll continue a little bit of a talk on Enter the Dragon, but we'll also be talking about uh, what's going on in cinema today and also responding to you, our friends, um, our listeners, our audience of Classic Movie Banter, and having chats about movies and other stuff, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. You can talk to us on our social media platforms, links below. As well as that, if you want to see us uh, review a film that you uh, that you love or you hate, please email into the show and we will respond to you guys and hopefully review that film at some point in the near future. So thanks so much for coming and listening to us here with Bruce Lee. And let's bloody just fight it out for the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slide everything off the table let's let's go you and me right now let's kung fu it up right now right now you right now go? motherfucker go, let's son? go i got the claws ready i need to get my goblin glider just give me two seconds okay oh shit i can't beat a <laughs> goblin glider with these claws out am i <laughs>